Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 45th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this Pink Moon episode, we'll be discussing the power of music, mantra, and binaural beats. I'll be interviewing Wayne Altman, founder of Melody Clouds, a platform for binaural beats and more. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And finally, we'll be experiencing a very special guided meditation with affirmations for the full moon that will have a special binaural beat playing in the background that has been custom made for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast in collaboration with Melody Clouds. And it will have a full moon frequency. The track is called Venus Mon Chaton, Venus My Kitten. But first, let me share with you some reflections of my own experiences with music, mantras, and binaural beats. Let's talk about sound, music, and mantras. I am very, very, very sensitive to sound. I sometimes get really annoyed when I hear my neighbors making noise. I don't know why it is. I think the noise in itself is very annoying to me, but also I feel as though I'm not seen. And that's something I struggle with in different areas of my life. For example, if a neighbor, let's say, um, below me is making loads of noise in the middle of the night, I just think, how can you just make noise and not care about other people? Whereas for me, if I want to make, I want to listen to some really loud music, I'll just put my headphones on because I do think about other people. So I'm very sensitive to noise and just the, that lack of empathy does wind me up the wrong way. And I'm sensitive to music that I don't vibe with. <laughs> That's something that can definitely um, transform me for, for better or for worse. For example, now I'm going to this amazing private members club and we have a, a small gym, which is a really nice gym. And there is, there is a speaker there. So we can actually, whoever's there um, can actually connect their mobile to the speaker and listen to their music. Uh, most people are wearing headphones and enjoying their own individual music, but um, I don't wear headphones. I go and work out with a friend. So we're always fighting to be the DJs because if it's someone's putting reggaeton on, that it just ruins the whole experience because that is just terrible. Things that, sorry, no offense to any reggaeton uh, fans out there, but auto-tune and all that is like, oh my God. Anyway, let's talk about some more therapeutic music. Um, for me, um, today we're going to be speaking to Wayne Altman, who has a binaural beats platform. Well, it's not just binaural beats, there's more to it than that. And we'll find out in the interview later. But when I um, I heard about him and um, Melody Clouds, I was just amazed. I thought I definitely want to have that on my podcast because binaural beats are very, very, very special to me. I think I came across them 
five years ago, actually, I became across this different types of music with different frequencies. And to explain what a binaural beat is, I'm going to read this out for you, a definition which is from healthline.com. It says, when you hear two tones, one in each ear, they are slightly different in frequency. Your brain processes a beat at the difference of the frequencies. This is called a binaural beat. Here's an example. Let's say you're listening to a sound in your left ear that's at a frequency of 132 hertz. And in your right ear, you're listening to a sound that's a frequency of 121 hertz. Your brain, however, gradually falls into um, into synchroni with difference, or 11 hertz. Instead of hearing two different tones, you instead hear a tone of 11 hertz, in addition to the two tones given to each ear. So binaural beats are actually, as it says here, considered to be auditory illusions. And also, it's important to actually benefit from this effect. Um, I've heard, I've read many times that it's important to have headphones, otherwise you might not have that um, maximum impact or effect through it. And also binaural beats, they they sound nice. There's lots of um, great examples you can find on YouTube and any platform, of course, Melody Clouds, which we'll be recommending today. And they are said to reduce anxiety, increase focus and concentration, lower stress, increase relaxation, and help you feel more positive, more creative, and they can also help you to manage pain. So there are many, what I usually do when I want to listen to binaural beats is that I search for my desired outcome. Do I want to concentrate? Do I want to relax? Do I want to manifest money, love, whatever? It's not just about physical health, but it's also there are some spiritual, psychological um, benefits as well. And also, yeah, different frequencies for different um, things like love, abundance, and um, health. Um, so I kind of think, I think about what I want to, what my desired outcome is at the time. And then I put the word binaural beats and I usually will find something. And um, I wear headphones, not all the time though, because even if I'm not listening with headphones, they do sound very nice. And it makes me, it gives me this whole sensation of tranquility inside. And um, I do, especially when I'm working, I do love the ones that are associated with abundance. And um, I was listening to one today um, on a channel called Master of Abundance. And it's called Music to Attract customers to business. I was like, okay, give me some of that. And I've had something and urgent money, wealth. <laughs> so yeah, I was loving that. And it seems to be working for me, um, definitely. But I first came across it when I was, I can't remember when it was exactly, maybe five years ago. And I was going through a time of um, struggle and self-doubt. And I um, I wanted to open a new bank account because um, I was in this terrible bank that charged me so much money um, at the end of the year and money that I didn't have. And I went into the bank and I was just kicking, you know, stamping my feet and trying to get my, this money back from these extortionate bank costs. They were, they were charging 60 cents per movement. It was just ridiculous. And they had done this to a lot of people in the bank and I tried to get my money back, but it was impossible. And I just thought, I can't have my abundant bank account in this type of bank. So I changed to another bank. And when I did, I had just found out I was getting into crystals a little bit and I got an obsidian um, yoni egg 
which is a bit crazy. And obsidian is a is a, a stone of protection. It's also for the root chakra, and the root chakra is about financial stability. Because at the time I was very unstable, so I did this little ritual, listening to root chakra music, and that's when I found out about binaural beats that they had you know, different frequencies even for different chakras in the body. And I listened to some um, um, some some music like with um, associated with with um, root chakra. Did a little ritual, and I put the yoni egg inside my vagina, and then I walked to the bank and opened my bank account. And it's all been very well since. Actually, I'm pleased to report. So no nasty bank charges, and it's all been flowing with abundance ever since. And also later on, after that kind of like really kind of low struggle, I started to learn about sex magic that I've told you many times on this channel. And um, sex magic is basically using your orgasm to manifest. And when I was trying to kind of create my own um, methods of sex magic, I I would, I used to masturbate listening to binaural beats. I, I would do the same process again, thinking, what is the desired outcome? What do I want? Do I want um, new customers, for example, like, like I've just read out now? Or do I want passive income? Do I want love? Do I want to attract love or a partner into my life? Do I want to, um, do I want to manifest good health? Cause I've also had some health troubles in the last couple of years. So I always, I always used to find a frequency that I was associated with the thing I was masturbating for with the intention of my, um, sex magic. And I would use that as well. Cause I was trying to use all of the tools possible to try and communicate and manipulate in, the, in a nice way my um, subconscious mind. And I really think it was helpful. Also that kind of music got me into a very relaxed state and it makes masturbation just feel like such a nice self-love ritual, which it can be definitely, no need to feel guilty about it. It can be definitely a beautiful experience. And I would also combine sometimes the binaural beats um, with affirmations as well. Um, so that was my my experience with binaural beats. I'm still listening to binaural beats a lot. And then in the summer of, of not summer, Christmas of 2019, which is the time, you know, I've been practicing, practicing sex magic for a year and a half. Then I was in a much more abundant place. And I went on a yoga retreat, actually the first yoga retreat I ever did at Christmas. And I was thinking, who goes on a yoga retreat at Christmas? Because I have felt like a freak most of my life. I felt like... Um, uh, as as um, someone who's been a workaholic and um, a commitment phobe, I've often ended up spending Christmas alone because I haven't really focused on that that side of my life, not as much as I should. So now that I, at this time I had money and I thought I'm going to do a yoga retreat now and kind of escape my life, but to face myself. And that's how I describe retreats in general. And also to connect with like-minded people. But, th- but these connections tend to be deeper than what you would usually find in a local bar. I mean, um, my experience of retreats is it's like, hi, it's not hi, where are you from? What do you do? It's hi, my name is so-and-so and this is my trauma. <laughs> and you kind of connect on a much, much deeper, deeper level. That's been, been my experience. Anyway, on the Christmas day in the evening, they had organized a kirtan and I was like, what's a kirtan or a curtain? What is that? And they were going to be singing mantras and I was like, mm, okay, let's do that. But I, I was so happy there was no jingle bells because I really do despise Christmas normally. Anyway, we started off with this kirtan and I think, um, what was the first? Shiva Shambo, that was the first song. And it was incredible in that I did not know any of the songs, any of the mantras. 
and you're doing the same mantra for maybe 10 minutes, everyone's in their own bubble. And then between the songs, there's this beautiful silence before the next one starts. And what's incredible about the the actual mantra is it takes you on this journey of like you were repeating, repeating the first few repetitions. You're just trying to get the words right, because if you, especially if you don't know them and get into harmony with the rest of the group. And then it gets a bit faster and faster and faster. And then people start clapping until it reaches this um, ecstatic climax of, of rhythm. It's just amazing. And then it starts to kind of go down again into a kind of silence and everyone's kind of looking very introspective and then they get then the next song starts and um because it's so it goes on for so long then you definitely know all of the lyrics at the end and I just found it to be transformational when I got back home I just listened to Om Gam Ganapatiye Namaha three hour tracks of that on YouTube I just got into this whole Kirtan um vibe and it got to a point where I was only listening to that type of music and I didn't, I didn't vibe with um, commercial music anymore. I just saw commercial music as being kind of brainwashing, but not in a good way kind of thing. Just, um, um, especially I'm very sensitive to lyrics as well. I mean, I think the day someone was in the gym and they were listening to this, this hip hop right, music and it was just like bitch, ho and all this all the time. And I just think, what is that doing to you if you're just poisoning your mind listening to this um, this misogynistic language all the time, or or just talking about violence. Why would you want to do that when you can do something beautiful instead? Um, so yeah, mantras for me were just like medicinal. Um, I just found out, I discovered so many of them, and they really took me through the pandemic. I was listening to sometimes I listen to like three hour tracks, four hour tracks of of mantras, and just let myself get. Um, yeah, get mesmerized with this peaceful inner peace that they they provoked. But they weren't kind of, they're, they're not all kind of like calm and fall asleep. Some of them are quite uplifting, but calming at the same time. And that sounds like contradictory, but they they really are beautiful. But but lately, actually, it's interesting that I have, I've, I've been to a few sound baths. Sound baths are amazing. I love things like Tibetan butter singing bowls and, um, I've had a few um, personal um, Reiki and singing bowl therapy sessions, which are nice because you can put, they put this bowl on you and then they, they strike it and then you can feel this whole massive vibration throughout your body, which is very, very therapeutic. But um, lately when I've been to a sound bath, I used to be really kind of, um, I used to really love the OMS in, like, in, in a group. But now recently I feel a little bit more, disconnected from it. I love sound baths because I feel like I love my, I love letting my mind imagination just wander during these and enjoy these different sounds. It's like an, an audio caress. <laughs> I think it's beautiful, but you read lately with the actual mantras, I just feel like a massive disconnection. And also in my group, Conscious Connections, um, there, there is another organizer who organizes um, mantras and I haven't been going lately because I just don't feel that connection to it at the moment. I'm sure I will get back into it at some point. Um, but right now I'm just actually, I'm actually reconnecting with um, house music, which is interesting because I think I'm getting so into, so into fitness and sport that having some kind of Ibiza house tracks really get me going at the moment. Um, yes, that's what I've been. I'm also really into disco and funk, um, 70s music. 
And I'm also getting into dance again, which is kind of cool, um, especially after such a long time of disconnection from um, nightlife and dancing in general. That has to, that's related, maybe coincides with my giving up of alcohol. So um, I didn't really feel comfortable in those types of environments, whereas now I don't feel any temptation to drink or to in- intoxicate myself in any any way. And now I just, if I connect with music, I'm dancing. You know, I don't feel like I need any Dutch courage. I'm just there. And if I, if I like the music, I will move to it. And also I have a great friend that we go to the gym together. And I, I'm really into purple disco. I just love, love, love purple disco. We listen to purple disco a lot and when we do our workouts. And when, when we are between resting between sets, we just dance. And then all these people who go to the gym call us the disco ladies. <laughs> this is really fun. But now I, I do dance a lot when I'm alone. And um, I just think dance and music is just so important. Yeah, so we're going to find out more about how important it is with our guest, Wayne Altman. Now it's time for this episode's interview. We'll be speaking with Wayne Altman, founder of Melody Clouds. Wayne Altman, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. It's a huge pleasure to have you here. For those who are unfamiliar with what you do, would you like to tell us a little bit about your work? Um, Sure, Venus. Thank you very much for having me, by the way. I mean, um, we had a little bit of a chance to chat, and Mm -hmm. I really... Um, I, I think what you're doing is very important. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, as, as far as Melody Clouds go, um, I spent eight and a half years in the Army, uh, U.S. Army. Okay. <clears throat> and um, I lost about about 70% of my hearing um, during that time. And um, I also gained what is um, referred to as tinnitus or tinnitus, okay. which is a ringing a sharp for me it's a real it's a squeal i hear it right now um it, and it follows me from the time i wake up in the morning until the time i go to bed at night um i hear this noise i never hear silence is it in both ears or just one both ears it, it's actually in the middle of my head i mean it's oh, wow. it feels like it's like right in the middle of my head and it is very loud and it's very obnoxious. <laughs> it, you know, it, you just never get away with, from it. And last May, um, a friend of mine who also suffers from this condition, and, and basically what you're hearing is the damage you've done to the audio nerve. So the nerves that, you know, uh, uh, let you hear things, when you bump your elbow, you get that sharp, you know, pain. You know, it's very similar to that. That's how I describe it. And how it's been described to me. Anyway, he said, I want you to listen to something. And he played this music. And in the music were binaural beats. And I'll get into that in just a second. And I heard silence. Oh, wow. Except for the music. And it was abrupt. It was like snapping your fingers. It was very abrupt. Now, it happened on the uh, third or fourth set of of frequencies that he played for me. So the first frequency, nothing. Second frequency, nothing. Third frequency, bang. Didn't, it was, it was sharp, abrupt, and it was glorious. And I, you know, I said, listen, don't make me beat this out of you. What, what did you do? What is this? 
And um, so he explained to me, he said, binaural beats. And then I started, I just dove in head first. I got to know what this is and what it can do. And turns out there's a lot, a lot that we can talk about that binaural beats and solfeggio do. So what is a binaural beat exactly? Great question. Yeah, start right at the beginning. A binaural beat is two separate frequencies, one in each ear. Your brain then mimics or your brain basically splits the difference between the two frequencies. And that's the frequency that it actually is dealing with. And with that, what you can do is you can block grief. You can initiate healing. You can bring someone into focus. There's a lot that can be done with uh, binaural beats. I have to tell you, I'm a huge, huge fan of binaural beats. I've been listening to them for maybe the last four or five years since I since I discovered this thing called sex magic. And if you know what that is, it's, it's a type of um, ma- uh, manifestation process. So I always um, actually give um, workshops on this. So I always choose a binaural beat that's related to my desired outcome. So I always um, tell my um, my students about binaural beats. Um, but why, I always tell them that we have to listen to them with if headphones. Is that correct? To get them well, additional effects? Okay, so yes and no. But to begin with, that is 100% what I have found as well, mm-hmm. because you are talking about two different frequencies. However... However, they can also do a solfeggio, which is one frequency, Mm -hmm. or I have found for me, I don't need to listen to that music with headphones any longer. My brain is actually able to pick out the two frequencies and get back to the frequency that we're talking about without listening um, with headphones on. So at night, when I want to go to sleep, I listen to 432 hertz knocks me out like dropping a sack of potatoes and i i started off wearing soft headphones a headband mm-hmm. um and but i don't have to do that anymore i can turn the music on and it'll put me right to sleep yeah because even if you don't have the headphones on it still sounds nice because it's very relaxing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Well, most of the time you can't pick out the frequencies most of the frequencies you really they're not necessarily for me especially they're not audible but it is something that my brain is is picking up. Yeah, because a lot of them have um, kind of maybe nature sounds over the music and just different. different That's the way melody clouds is. We yeah. have guided meditations with uh, binaural beats. We have music, uh, different types of music uh, with binaural beats. One of the things that we're working on right now is be able uh, being able to create a player that will overlay binaural beats over any music in your playlist. So, so tell us about so so you had this experience with your your mm-hmm. you use this for your own healing, and then then you've created a Melody Cloud. Can you tell us about that and um, how did you go from just using it for your own um, improvement to actually wanting to share it and create a platform? What was that like, and why did you? What was the motivation? Yeah, the the impact on this for me was tremendous. So when I heard this and knew, okay, I've been suffering from this for 30 years. And just like this, you were able to take that away briefly, even. I needed to, I know a lot of people that are suffering from tinnitus. And so this would be something for me to, you know, to bring to people this, you know, people got to hear about this. I didn't realize that there's tons of people that already know all about it. But there's even more people that don't know and have never experienced it. May, end of May, 
was when this happened. Just last year. June, just so you said with it. 2022, last this last May. Wow. So you're a doer. <laughs> you, 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 you take action. That's you, amazing. Venus, you have no idea. <laughs> My <laughs> wife will just like, what? You did what? Yeah. So, okay. Um, end of May. So uh, 25th, 26th, I had this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, June 1st, we bought the domain melodyclouds.com. And it took me four days to come up with a name of what I what I wanted to call this. Many, you know, iterations of it finally settled on Melody Clouds. From June 1st to today, we have 300,000 files, 8,000 hours of uh, binaural beats, lullabies, Aesop's fables, audiobooks, 17,000 audiobooks, um, 30,000 books. And we're about to add another 8,000 episodes of old time radio because it's morphed into a more relaxation and ju- not just of solfeggio and binaural beats. So what kind of books do you have on there? All the classics um, from Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer in multiple languages. Um, we have uh, Pride and Prejudice, uh, you know, all of the really classic, great, all the Jules Verne collection Mm-hmm. All read by people with magnificent voices. But here's what I found. Uh, you know, some people like reading books. Okay, that we, we've got those. Other people like being read too. It calms them down. Or if they're taking a long trip, they would much rather listen to a story mm-hmm. and use their imagination. So that's the whole reason behind the audiobooks. And we add titles every single month. Amazing. That's so incredible. Yeah. So what's the difference between a binaural beat and solfeggio and great? Yeah. See, I just think it. about the headphones, really. That's kind of for me the big the big difference. Like the other one. Well, is- the difference is solfeggio was observed, I don't say invented, it was observed by an eleventh century monk named Guido di Arezzo. Mm-hmm. And Guido recognized that even let, let me ask you this. Do you play a musical instrument? I did when I was a child, so I can read music. I can play there you go. Now. Okay. Yeah. I have not, I, I have, I can't pick, I couldn't pick up, I couldn't pick up a drum and make a noise. Mm-hmm. I'm totally inept when it comes to music. But the thing that you and I share is the fact that if someone played a bad note, we'd both recognize it. Mm-hmm. If someone's singing off key, you're going to know, and I'm going to know. If someone's playing a piano and it needs to be tuned, we're both going to look at one another and you know, we're, we're going to recognize that. That is solfeggio recognizing those things that are improperly at an improper vibration. And that's what he discussed. That's what he observed that when we're at an improper vibration, when those you were not quite right. And if you can bring people back to that, then they start to heal quicker. They start to go to sleep. They start to, you know, it affects their mood. And that's what Melody Clouds is. Uh, our tagline is take control of your mood, take charge of your mood. If you're angry and don't want to be, come in, listen to this and fix it. If you're sad and you don't want to be, hey, we have music that will block that and you'll be come happier. I, I understand completely because when I discovered all this type of music, and I'm also quite into mantras, mantras as well, and medicinal kind of Sanskrit mantras. And I just found that 
I couldn't really appreciate commercial music in the same way. I felt like it was doing me a disservice for my health. You know, when you think about certain types of music kind of getting getting you angry, and you think that's a good thing sometimes, you think it's kind of motivating. Sure. But in fact, I mean, I listen to, you know, I mean, for binaural beats, I, I listen to frequencies related to concentration and focus when I'm when I'm working. And then later in the evening, it'll be more kind of relaxation stuff. I, a lot of money frequency, I listen to that a lot as well. And also when I've had times of illness i was in hospital with covid pneumonia and i was listening to lung frequencies so i think it's incredible that you can actually go into youtube and just or, or melody class i suppose as well where you can look think of any desired outcome and there's a frequency for that it's quite amazing isn't it yeah it, it, certainly and that's the whole reason why we did it and, and by mm. the way you know it's okay to say you know there are other sources of this mm. Um, one of the things that I remind people is you can go to a Chinese restaurant and get a hamburger. You know, hamburgers are kind of ubiquitous. You know, you can go to, to a hamburger place and get a hamburger, or you can go to practically, in, especially here in the States, you can go to practically any restaurant and order a hamburger. Th that part of it is, you know, I don't look at people as competing with Melody Clouds. They're mm -hmm. offering the same service. They, we we offer this for, to try it out, 60 days, $2.99. Wow. At the end of the two months, at the end of the 60 days, it's $5.99 for the same beats that people would find or the same music or the same entertainment people would find elsewhere. And they're paying 30, 25, $30 a month for. So it, and I don't sell information. So all of my subscribers know that it stops with me. I'm not sharing my customers' information with others. That, to me, sounds antithetical to relaxation. We're more of a relaxation website now, a destination for, you know, no matter how it is you relax, that's what we're about. That's what we're trying to achieve for people. So it's a website. Are you thinking about making an app as well? Or do you we have an app. We have an Android app and an Apple iOS app. Um, so yes, we, we want you to be able to take Melody Clouds with you wherever it is you go. So you actually um commissioning the music yourself, or how was how is it? How is I do. Um, I own every scrap of music on Melody Clouds. Oh, so um, and I did that. You know, I didn't want to. Now maybe some point we'll go to a licensing model. I don't. I'm, I'm not discounting that. But what I found was very quickly. What I found was that. Um, people were ridiculous. I would have to charge way more than what I'm charging um, in order to, I think I've found a way around it. And that that's great because if you're already paying for that music, pop music uh, somewhere else, if I have a way of overlapping or overlaying binaural beats and solfeggio frequencies over say Madonna or Lady Gaga or um, Justin Timberlake, you know what I mean? Pop, regular pop music, then that seems like it would be a much better way of going. You're already paying for the privilege of listening to that art. Why in the world would you need to pay me more to do that? Okay. So tell us about the importance of relaxation in general. I guess a lot of people are reporting that it's just improving their mood. Yeah. So look, here, here's the thing. I am the least woo-woo person on the mm -hmm. planet. Okay. I am. I mean, look at me. I, you know, I was in the army. I mean, I am not your, you know, uh, fairy dust and magical kind, but I recognize science. I know science. And <clears throat> for me, this was 
the, the fact that it doesn't work the same way on every single person. You said it yourself earlier um, when you said, look, you're, you're, you don't listen to pop music. You the, the type of music you're drawn to is this certain type of music. That says to me, look, this is science. It, it, it works because to me it's real because it doesn't work the same way on everyone. Mm-hmm. If I were to hand you a pill to cure your headache or to get a stomach issue, okay, so pharmaceuticals, and it didn't work, you would go back to your doctor, you'd come back to me, and you would say, this didn't work, and I would prescribe something else. It's perfectly acceptable. Everyone understands that. Your body is different than mine. So these, I'm looking at the frequencies. I have them lifted, mm-hmm. listed right in front of me, you know, because I do this all the time. <clears throat> Those frequencies don't work the same way on every single person. And that really, to me, is what makes it even more real. By the way, take the frequencies out of it for just a second. Let's say that we the argument is binaural beats, solfeggio frequencies don't work. We already know, and we have known from the beginning of time, that music is extraordinarily powerful. The first music that was ever created, do you know what its use was? No. To warn other tribes not to mess with us. So those drum beats, that, that form of communicating to people that were not part of our group, stay away. We are bad. You you don't want to mess with us. It was a form of protection. We use it the same exact way today. You and I walk down the street. I say, let's go have some lunch. You say, great. I said, first, let's stop. I got to stop at the church for a moment. We walk in. You don't belong to this church, but the music that you hear immediately alerts you. It's time to be reverential. You're going to lower your voice. It changes your mood the moment you walk in and hear that music. Or if I say to you, Venus, we're going to catch this movie. Well, you don't know what kind of movie we're going to see, but it tells you by the soundtrack of that movie, what type of movie, what, how to feel about the images on the screen. Even silent movies were not silent. Mm-hmm. Silent movies had a piano player at the front banging away on the piano to tell you how you're supposed to feel about the images in front of you. Absolutely. I can think about, it makes me think about, you know, horror movies. I'm not really into that, but it's all about the music, isn't it? (laughs) Of course it is. Imagine if you're just walking down a hallway, you know, slowly, but if they've got this like really crazy music, you'd be like, oh my God, what's about to happen? You know? You You can play a a wedding video. Yeah. You can play a wedding video with a horror soundtrack and make it, you know, the, the worst, you know, the most intimidating scenes of all time. But I'll go even one better. The movie Wally. Are you familiar with it? No, I don't know. Wally, it's about a little robot. No, no. I'm Pixar. Not. Okay, well, I, I have small children, and believe me, people with small kids, <laughs> they are going to be able to tell. They know what Wally. Wally was about a little robot. And it was designed to clean up after our mess we've made on Earth. Everyone on Earth had left, and they left this wa- this Wally robot to clean up after them. For an hour and forty minutes, there was no dialogue whatsoever in that movie, and yet four and five year olds sat with their hands in their lap, 
watching, laughing, crying, all going through everything that this little robot was going through. And there was no words. They they understood perfectly what this movie was trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. Or the birds, Alfred Hitchcock, the birds. Have you ever seen that movie? It sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, it was. It was probably one of the most frightening movies that's ever been made. And it had no soundtrack whatsoever. And that made wow. it even more terrifying. Alfred Hitchcock fought tooth and nail trying to keep the, the studio from putting a soundtrack over that film. And he did it to preserve the fear people felt and knowing any minute now this ominous music is going to play. No, it never did. And it really terrified people. Wow. It's incredible, the power of music. And also- One more example. I'm sorry. One more example. Let's say that you wanted to go work out. Okay. And I say to you- This is a great example. Yeah. I say to you, we're going to find out. We got a group of 10 people with us. And we're going to find out who's going in to work out and who's going in to socialize, who's going in to no intention of getting a good workout in. Quickest way to do that is to have everyone open up their playlist and let's find out who has the music to work out by. Generally speaking, it's heavy metal. It's, you know, something that's really energetic and it's going to really allow you to get your pump on. If you're listening to country music or you're listening to bluegrass or something like that, you're you're there to socialize. You're not there to get a good workout in. Absolutely. Because I, I go to this private gym now and um, most people just wear their little headphones and uh, all the earbuds. And um, I don't have those. Um, but I go with a friend and then we try and we, we go there hoping that no one is using the speakers because, I mean, otherwise, to, to do a whole workout with someone else's music, that's all boom, boom, boom. Doesn't really work. Oh, no. I, I don't mind a bit of like house and stuff, but it has to be... I prefer, yeah. I, I just, it's a totally different experience if, uh, if I've chosen the music and also like sex scenes are kind of, um, you know, saxophone and <laughs> it's like, if you're sitting, it puts you in the mood, <laughs> but I just remember being a kid and like, or a teenager and what, and then watching something on TV with my parents on the sofa. And then you hear the saxophone, you think, oh no, you're just mortified. Oh, no. yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's a good thing that they put that music in to clue you in. Hey, we're about yeah. to, you know, show you some scenes. Yeah. You may not want to be around family members <laughs> for, you know. And also yeah. when I was uh, in, growing up in England as well, like coming home drunk from the pub and they had this some kind of French movies on because they're very different. Like European movies don't have all of so much music for to explain emotions. You have silence and ticking clocks and long stares. So it was, <laughs> it was all this anticipation in the air, but... It's about what's going to happen. But see, they do that mm. to be disconcerting. They do that to put you off balance in a in a place where that music can be that stability for you. But, you know, these movies that will that, that are there to guide your emotions. That's mm-hmm. what the soundtrack is there for. Now, you remove that. It's a good point. You remove that. Now you're on unstable ground. You don't have anything to grasp. You don't have anything to hold on. All you're left with is that visual and those sound effects. It's it's more real life. So my point being that we already know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can manipulate moods we can manipulate situations by just placing a soundtrack listening to certain music it always brings you and puts you in those different places add on top of that the binaural beats or or solfeggio and it takes 
gives you another tool for your toolbox in managing your emotions. So do you listen, listen to binaural beats and subversio frequencies all every day? Do you have a kind I of- I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Look, there's There are people that take medications every single day and they put up with whatever side effects, if there are any, put up with any side effects that you, you know, you may um, experience. Um, I, I have a tendency to listen to um, uh, 285 hertz. That puts me in, seems to focus me in the morning. So I'll, I'll listen to that in the morning and I'll, and I'll help it. It helps me focus my day, my tasks for the day. At night, 432 hertz, that drops me like a sack of potatoes because I'm a mind racer. So we I'm always one of those talk about, so 432 is like, is, is often referenced. So what's so special about 432 hertz? Because this is like a very popular frequency. It has yep. a very special. Four, 432 basically mimics REM, REM sleep. So people that are going, you know, that are in REM sleep, that's a very common frequency that their brain, here, this is how it works, really. The way that it's been explained to me, I am no, you know, a brain surgeon or, or you know, a, a doctor of any kind, but this is what I've studied and, and what sticks out to me. Our brains are electrical. We, we know this. And it sends signals throughout our body and it, that those thoughts that we have are all electrical impulses. They can all be measured with an EEG. We know what frequency anger is. We know what frequency happiness is. And so if you're able to manipulate the frequencies that your brain is sending those signals out, you're going to mimic those emotions. 432 happens to be the, the frequency of REM sleep. It works like a charm for me. So I know what my experience is with it. I've also met people, it does not affect the same way. Some people, it just brings them into the zone. You've heard people, oh, he's in the zone. Yeah, well, it, it focuses them, but it doesn't make them drowsy. Me okay. drops me like a bad habit. It is crazy. I, I will lay in bed, and if I don't listen to music, I, I watch TV, that set, tends to focus me, but I'll lay there and my mind will race between thoughts. Mm -hmm. I'll think a hundred things at once, and it'll, I'll lay there for hours, not getting any sleep. But if I turn on a binaural beat, if I turn on that music, 432, again, within a 10, 15 seconds, I don't even know after about 10 or 15 seconds, what that track does. It could play ACDC and it could play Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know. But after about 10 or 15 seconds of listening to that music, I get very drowsy and drift off to sleep very quickly. So what other frequencies do you tend to use in your day-to-day -day life? So 432 for me, 432, and then... Um, 396 and 174. One, um, 174 um, is a uh, pain relief and stress oh. relief. So it helps me relax. And um, then um, 396, did I say right? 396 is more of a spiritual kind of, um, it, it's supposed to like relieve guilt and relieve um, um, 
it's another stress relieving, you know, neg- negative every- emotions or something like a cleansing your emotions. Right. It, it brings me to kind of a spiritual place. And I don't use that one as every day, like I do some of the others, but it is nice to feel. I like feel the feeling of being uh, contemplative. Mm-hmm. I like that feeling. Some people enjoy when I was younger, I enjoyed Depeche Mode and The Cure and The Smiths. And it was that depressive feeling that I always, even to, I'm 55 years old, I can listen to Depeche Mode, The Cure, and The Smiths. And it puts me right back in those emotions of when I was a teenage boy. And I enjoyed that. Yes, that melancholy. I'm from Manchester. so That's exactly the word I was going to use. Melancholy. Yep. I, for some reason, that depressive emotion, melancholy, that's a great, you know, that is exactly the term. I I enjoyed that melancholy feeling. And it's very typical in uh, British music as well, I suppose. Because I think here in Spain, where I'm living, is more the sun, the sun and love, you know, that type of thing. Whereas in England, it was, you know, Manchester is like 180 days of rain. So that's definitely melancholic, you know, and yeah. it's definitely inspiring. And I think also so, music with with lyrics, especially, helps us who people who cannot most people cannot express their emotions. Let's let's be clear about that. But so I think music is like it's giving you a script for how you feel. You know, sometimes and sometimes a certain song can make you cry or whatever, or, or takes you back to a certain memory or reminds you of someone at time. We have people reach out to us all the time. And one of the things that they reach out to us about is uh, PTSD uh-huh. and um, just debilitating grief. And when you're using um, when you're using binaural beats, that really you're you are. It's not passive. You're actively trying to change the frequency of someone's thoughts. And that's what makes it so intriguing and so you know, uh, effective. You are physically going in there and kind of, you know, slapping them face and saying, no, think this way. This is the way we, so you're, you're taking that heavy grief away from them. Very important. Now it's also important that I mention there are a lot of people that do that pharmaceutically. In other words, they take medication to prevent clinical depression. It's, I'm not suggesting that this is going to that you that you supplant one for the other. No. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm suggesting though is if you don't, if you're sad and you don't want to be sad, and you also don't want the side effects of medication, there may be an alternative that you can use and uh, serve the same purpose. But I am not in any way saying don't take your medication, just listen to this music. That that would be irresponsible. That no, of course not. Not don't do that. Definitely. I saw today in a in a news article that they were referring to things like Reiki and massage as complementary therapy rather rather than alternative, which is a great advance for language. I think all these things are definitely complementary, you know, rather than alternatives. And um, I read that you also have um, other online businesses that are related to improving lifestyle. So what else are you doing as apart from relaxation? So, so we, yeah, we, we do have, um, I, I operate 14 businesses. Most of them wow. operate, you know, I use technology to, to, you know, help me do that. Don't have to be involved in the everyday operation every single day. 
Um, we have, um, I noticed your podcast that we were talking before. I have an adult toy store um, that we, you know, that we operate all really. My whole thing is to try and help people relax and meet them where they are. As far as that, you know, goes, I'm not probably the least judgmental when it comes to, you know, things. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's really what it's about. Now we also have a bedding pet store, um, survival. Um, when COVID hit, I was working for a, uh, luggage company, um, working in SEO search engine optimization and e-commerce on for, for this, uh, luggage company. And when COVID happened, no one was traveling anywhere and everyone ran around with their hair on fire. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and so I, I came home and told my wife, I'm like, Hey, Trey, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I need to, you know, I need to start my own business. I've written six 14. books. 14. <laughs> yeah. And it one came and then the next and the next and the next. <laughs> and, and when I realized, okay, I can actually do this like a McDonald's franchise or like a Chipotle franchise. That's when, you know, and you just compound, do everything as a cookie cutter, everything, you know, um, uh, it's basically the same business is business. So that's what, that's what I've done so far. And it's, it, you know, it works, works pretty well. If I say so myself. That's amazing. So you must have um, very good systems in place. I do. Um, you know, uh, some of the stores operate off, off of a Shopify platform, others WooCommerce just depends on what they, what their goals are. None of these stores are to take over SNH or uh, Macy's or, you know, name them, name the H&M, you know, th- these are to provide an income for my family. I have a team of people that work with me, but um, I know that I could actually, I could, I don't say this too loudly, but I could actually just put, you know, button everything up and operate it right out of a bedroom in my home if I needed to. And um, it would not be a, it, it, to include Melody Clouds, to be frank, I I priced Melody Clouds with that in mind. I'm not trying to make millions of dollars off of this. I'm trying to help millions of people with this. That's amazing. Two totally different things. That's amazing. So, do you um, read at all? I mean, you, you, talk, you talked about audiobooks. What do you have a book that changed your life? Several. Um, I just gave my daughter um, how to win friends and influence people. Oh, that's the other amazing. I myself. Yeah. <laughs> and she became very offended. I was shocked. I, w- I was like, Reagan, what is, what's the issue? I, this was a gift. You haven't, what do you mean you haven't read it? She's like, you know, you're telling me that I have to read a book in order to make friends. And I, I, I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is if you want to get really good at something, educate yourself on the process. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I was talking about this with a friend of mine just a few minutes before you and I started talking. So I've, I've said, I, I mentioned, I've, I've, I've written six books. Wow. Not one of those books did I write because I'm an expert in the material. Mm-hmm. I became an expert in the material by writing the book. So tell us about I the books you wrote. 
Yes, when bad credit happens to good people, for example, is a book on credit. It's on Amazon right now. People can check okay. it out. People, m- m- hundreds of thousands of people have. It, okay. it, I did that book because I wanted to know about consumer credit. How can I manipulate a credit score? How can I help people who have very low credit raise their credit and start participating in the economy that they could not do that before? So in order to do that, I needed to become an expert. I think you'd agree. You probably want to be an expert in the field, Wayne. Well, guess what? I became an expert in the field because I wrote a book about it. That caused me to do the research. Same thing with Melody Clouds. Every single day, I read literature, read tests, uh, um, um, scientific studies, all, none of which am I trying to justify binaural beats. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what else is out there. What what are the ramifications of doing this? I'm just as interested to know, are there side effects? Are there things long-term about this that you know we need to be on guard for? Okay, so your other books, I'm curious now. So Credit 101, mm-hmm. um, that was a... That was more of a technical manual on the credit report because I owned a mortgage company at the time in Texas Mm -hmm. and my loan officers kept bringing me these credit reports that people couldn't buy steam off a hot dog. I mean, it was just horrible. And I'm like, why are you, why, why can't you recognize who your actual customer is? So I wrote a technical manual. This is what I want you to look for on a credit report. These are customers today. These are projects for tomorrow. These are people that will never buy a home if they if all things are you know remain the same. Then once they got that skill under their belt, I immediately had to write mortgage 101 because in the states it's all about the different types of mortgage uh, p- products that people can um, t- can use to make their lives better. If you're old, if you're old and you own a home and you've paid off your home, you don't want to get a mortgage. Maybe you want to get a reverse mortgage and have that that home pay you a stipend every single month. So basically it looks like, okay, we're paying, we're paying, we're paying. We paid off our home. Now it's time to unwind that and use the equity to give us a better life in our retirement. Okay. You can't do that when you first buy a home. You have no equity in that home. So you maybe you want to buy a, a rental property and you have 15 years to pay it off. That that type of thing. Then the uh, there are two others that were title uh, training, um, basically training manuals for title. Okay, so kind of related to finance then in general. Yes, my first career, mm-hmm. real career, was in the mortgage and lending. Um, industries, and then when the mortgage crisis happened in the U- U.S. One of the things that struck me was we learned no lessons from that. Mm -hmm. And it really bothered me. I have videos on YouTube where I tell people, don't crap on your dinner plate. Learn your lesson from this. Okay, interesting. I love um, books about money personally. I'm reading um, The Psychology of Money at the moment. You know that one from Morgan House? I have heard of it, yeah. I haven't I haven't had a chance to read it. I've been a little busy, but yeah, I, I'm in the process now, right now, um reading a book on how to deliver a TED talk. One of my goals. Oh wow. Now That's one of my goals is, too. Amazing. 
Yeah, I want to I want to at least give a TEDx talk and hopefully be able to give a TED talk at some point um, about binaural beats. Oh, amazing. Um, and also I'm reading now this um, workbook, Think and Grow Rich workbook, because I think sometimes, yes. you know, when you read a book, you don't always absorb the lessons. And, and I'm doing it with a friend, actually. So we're meeting every week to do one chapter a week and then we share the um extraordinarily important what that you are actually going to learn the material that way yeah that's how you any class any professor that's how you teach a class reading alone is probably not going to is if you're me for sure but it's probably not going to stick in your brain it's those activities that you do along with it Mm -hmm. Um, i have a very uh a very good friend or acquaintance um nolan bushnell um he founded atari um, his project now is called Exodeca, and it's about that. It's about taking someone as a freshman in high school and getting them to graduate within 12 to 18 months, and it works, and teaching law and teaching medicine all w- through these pro- uh, programmed ways of education. Yeah, it's really interesting, interesting to... Uh could compare and contrast and also reinforces your own ideas as well. And it can help you think, definitely think makes you think bigger. Cause every time I read Napoleon Hill, it makes me think bigger and then I'm thinking bigger and I attract bigger things into my life. It's a, uh, it's quite extraordinary because it's such an old book as well. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. relatively speaking, I remember when I was in high school, that book was very in the rage. Everybody understood. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, very wealthy families educate their children completely differently than families that don't have that kind of generational wealth from mm-hmm. birth they that those lessons are implanted over and over and over and over again which is why you see that generational wealth most families don't have that lesson to begin with let alone be able to pass it along to their children it is a very slow process for them yeah this made, this made me think about um Rich dad, poor dad, which I love as well. Like they're comparing right. the rich mentality and the poor mentality. Another one, the millionaire something mindset, I think, which is another way, which is kind of comparing different different mind mindsets. But it's really interesting to think about that and how, in the, in the psychology of money, it talks about you know lottery players, like the people who play lottery are usually people can spend you know four hundred dollars a year on that, and most people don't even have four hundred dollars in for an emergency payment. But I guess for them, it's, it's their only chance that they have of, of luxury, whereas other people might have other possibilities. So when you see it from that perspective, it's very, very, you understand well, it. Here, too, it's athletics. You know, you see people who um, play a certain sport, especially men, um, mm-hmm. and that, that's one outlet. That's one way. Boxers, but boxers used to come from and still do predominantly from the very poorest neighborhoods. Those that they they raise these very hard scrabble, very tough boys up mm-hmm. through the ranks, and that's you know, and and then the tip top earn millions through that sport or football or soccer or whatever it is. But professional sport, that's generally where those kids come from. They don't come from wealthy families or middle class families very often. Same with uh, musicians, I suppose. Same. Came back to same. 
the yeah. odds of making money. And th this is what I try to impart to my daughters. I have three daughters. And what I try to impart to them is money is should never be the end goal. That's mm -hmm. a byproduct of hard work. Mm -hmm. the, the, and I know that it sounds counterintuitive, but if you make money the goal, that is going to repel customers from you. You, you, it is going to be much, much, much more difficult. Donald Trump, um, the the Rockefellers, all, all these people that we think of as classically rich, most of them, money was a scorecard. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the end of the road to them. Elon Musk, one of the reasons that he does so many different things, hero of mine, mm -hmm. because I know he happens to be wealthy. He, he happens to be, that is the result, sure, but that's never, that was never the goal for him. It was a way of keeping score, perhaps. It was a happy byproduct, but he saw a need. I need tunnels under the ground. I need to build a rocket that'll go into space and I can use it again and again. I need a way of transferring funds online uh, mm -hmm. with PayPal. Tesla, I oh, everyone talks about having a green car. Well, I think I know a way of building batteries that will allow me to build a car better than any of the gas-powered cars on the road. Amazing. None of those things did he say, I'm going to get rich selling people electric cars that, you know, ruin the earth. You know, I, I, most of my the binaural beats I listen to are related to abundance and money, actually, because <laughs> it's kind of interesting to think about there. there is a money frequency. I think it's about the mindset is very, very important as well. yeah i i do think that look there's nothing wrong it's the love mm -hmm. of money that's the root of all evil so mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with you know accumulating wealth that's actually a pretty pretty noble thing because you you, you poor people don't give to charity mm -hmm. um for the most part you know you you need benevolence benevolence comes from abundance Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, that that's kind of the way that I look at it. My wife and I are very close to St. Jude's hospitals. We we really admire the work that they do and one day would love to give them, um, you know, be, be a benefactor to them. And the only way we're ever going to be of any use to them is by accumulating or by, you know, uh, money, because I'm not a doctor. I can't I, there's I can't do anything to help those kids on, on my own. Definitely. It's definitely just um, resources and flexibility and, you know, and stability at the same time. That's what, that's what attracts me. I'm not really a materialistic person. It's more about the, the peace and, and not worrying. Cause I think you're, you're always, always going to have worries in life, but I mean, when you've got to a point where you're worrying about how much food you've got, you know, it's kind of nicer to be, cause I started this whole venture um, in 2009. I was in real estate before, so I've come from real estate as well at the worst time, you know, 2007 to 2000. Yeah, that's a tough time to be, yeah, it's a tough time to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I was literally luxury real estate with people looking at the finest um, apartments in former palaces in Barcelona. And I could barely get public transport to get to work, you know, it was like huge contrast. And I had a, pardon my French, a fuck it moment. I thought it's now or never, I'm going to start my own blog. But thanks to that struggle, I, I just thought, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. And here I am 14 years later. <laughs> so. I think that drive for success is, you know, look, we, we would be lost as a civilization without it. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what is the motivation um, to, to overcome certain obstacles? You know, why mm -hmm. should you care about certain obstacles? You know, that um, it's, it's to enrich yourself and those around you.
Definitely. I love being able to give. Now, my middle daughter just got a um, full scholarship to play volleyball in Graceland University in Iowa. And I, I don't let it get lost on her that that scholarship came from people who donated that money, who gave over that money. It wasn't free. Someone is paying for your education. You're not. Your mom and dad are not. Someone along the way signed a check that allowed you to get this scholarship and educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the time, when it comes time, you need to return that favor. You need to bring that back into the universe, back to the people around you. That is a responsibility that you have for accepting this um, uh, responsibility, this benevolence from someone else. Definitely. Definitely. So another quick question. Do you have a a quote or a phrase that you live by? So, yes, I I, I tell people this a lot. I do not take for an answer. I I cannot hear the word part of being deaf is I have taken that. I can't for some reason I can't hear it. I hear not now. I hear maybe later. I hear um, try it a different way, but never I never hear that. And so, um, and I really, I don't even know that I, I can't even explain how to say that to myself anymore. That's amazing. I've had, a, I always ask this question to all my guests, actually, and I've had a couple of people saying that, yes, say yes. This is going to be very similar to what you're saying. Cause I mean, I've not seen the film Yes Man, but I know what it's about. Have you seen the film with Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey when he's- Jim Carrey, he's stuck, right. But when you start saying yes to things, it's incredible what happens, isn't it? Like you can open so many doors and- experience things you never anticipated well the the problem with that and look i do i try and say Mm -hmm. let's find a way to make this happen Mm -hmm. or yes you know Mm -hmm. as much as i possibly can but there's also a point where you know you need to be able to say the word you you you, you can't i can't what i say is not now you know um maybe we figure out another way of doing it i mean but i find that you by closing yourself off here. Okay. Give you a better example of this. So I always tell my daughters, if you have your hands covering your plate, protecting the food that's on it, I cannot put any more on your plate. Mm -hmm. So remove your hands, share with others what you've been given. That way I can make room for what else is next. And I also tell them, when they come to me and say, Reagan got this or Morgan got that, I always tell them, don't you dare look in your sister's bowl unless you're looking to put something in it. What's in her bowl is of no consequence to you unless you want to find out if there's room for her to have more. Mm -hmm. And they understood that admonition very, very well. They understand that extremely well, and they constantly help one another as opposed to being fighting over the resources. Amazing. I I watch it every day. My wife looks at me like, man, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they they really took that lesson well. (laughs) Excellent. So where can people find you? Best way is um, Wayne Altman at Melody Clouds. Um, that is the greatest, um, that's the best way of, of reaching me right now. Um, and the Melody Clouds website? 
on melodyclouds.com. Okay. So it's, you know, Melody Clouds, all one word, and it's s.com. And yeah, there's a contact form there. If people want to um, uh, share their music, we are definitely open to um, exposing new artists to, to the world. Um, and we do that all the time. I have a featured artist every single month. And that person brings um, you know, you know, uh, uh, whatever music, whatever style of music they play or or can perform, um, some with binaural beats, some that do not. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, I'm always on the look. I'm always trying to help other people expose more people to what it is they're doing. Excellent. So, Wayne Elman, thank you so much. It's been very informative. Oh, wow. That was pretty fast. You are very, because you are very good at this. That blew by. I hope it did for everybody listening, but man, how <laughs> shocking that was. Let me just stop the recording. Thank you so much. The book I'm reading now is still the Think and Grow Rich workbook and Think and Grow Rich. I've mentioned this book quite a lot on this podcast and not um, it might sound like a lot, but this book has had a massive impact on my life. And this is the book that helped me to discover sex magic in 2018. And right now I am reading it again and I'm going through the workbook with a friend of mine. We do one chapter every week. So that's why for the last few episodes, there've been many episodes that I have mentioned this workbook. So we're doing one chapter a week. And now this week we get to chapter 10 in the workbook, which is chapter 11 in the actual book. And it's called The Mystery of Sex Transmutation, dun, 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 which is the 10th step towards riches. And this has been, um, this chapter is just gold. There are so many nuggets, so many takeaways in it. And now that I'm reading it again, I am like, I was thinking of buying my next book to read, um, but now I'm thinking I need to read this chapter very slowly. And also in the workbook, there are a lot of exercises pertaining to sexual transmutation. I'm going to read to you some of my favorite extracts that I have read just over the last couple of days, and I hope you find it entertaining. So, sex transmutation. And also to remind you that Think and Grow Rich is the best-selling book of success of all time. It was written um, by Napoleon Hill, published in 1937, and it offers timeless lessons. So, I'm going to read from the first page of this chapter. Sex transmutation is simple and easily explained. It means the switching of the mind from thoughts of physical expression to thoughts of some other nature. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge it. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness, of imagination, courage, etc. 
which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. The transmutation of sex energy calls for the exercise of willpower, to be sure, but the reward is worth the the effort. The desire for sexual expression is inborn and natural. The desire cannot and should not be submerged or eliminated, but it should be given an outlet through forms of expression which enrich the body, mind and spirit of man. If not given this form of outlet through transmutation, it will seek outlets through purely physical channels. A river may be dammed and its water controlled for a time, but eventually it will force an outlet. The same is true of the emotion of sex. It may be submerged and controlled for a time, but its very nature causes causes it to be ever seeking causes it to be ever seeking means of expression. If not transmuted into some creative effort, it will find a less worthy outlet. Fortunate indeed is the person who has discovered how to give sex emotion an outlet through some form of creative effort, for he has, by that discovery, lifted himself to the status of a genius. I love it. I love it. I think that's so true about um, if you don't find a healthy way to express sexuality, there will be an unhealthy expression of it. I think we do see lots of um, examples in that, especially in the church. I was brought up Catholic, so there's so many stories about these celibate priests getting up to no good. And I think you can be celibate if you are, you know, you have your mind in the right place. It's not, doesn't seem like a sacrifice, but it's something that you want to do and you know how to channel your energy and harness it in a different, in a, in a, positive way, but um, we've seen so many uh, examples of that in life. The next bit I want to read is, um, um, because this is, um, I think people misunderstand the word sex. They think of it as being maybe sex appeal or something or um, or intercourse, but it's actually a, a lot more than that. And something that I love about this as well, and especially in the workbook, they emphasize the charisma and mag- magnetism that is the expression of sexual energy. For example, another um, little extract here from this same chapter of the mystery of sex transmutation. It says, this energy may be communicated to others through the following media. Number one, the handshake. The touch of the hand indicates instantly the presence of magnetism or the lack of it. Two, the tone of voice. Magnetism, or sex energy, is the factor with which the voice may be coloured or may be or made musical and charming. Dun, dun, dun. Number three, posture and carriage of the body. Highly sexed people move briskly with grace and ease. Number four, vibrations of thought. Highly sexed people mix the emotion of sex with their thoughts or may do so at will, and in that way may influence those around them. And number five, body adornment. People who are highly sexed are usually very careful about their personal appearance. 
they usually select clothing of a style becoming to their personality, physique, complexion, etc. I love that. One thing that struck me here is um, the handshake. That's something I definitely need to work on because I think I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And I've just seen so many guys, especially, you know, go to the toilet and not wash their hands and then they're shaking hands. Sorry to everyone who does wash your hands, but after I just think, oh no, do I really want to touch someone's hand? I mean, all the germs. I mean, here in Spain, people do this kissing thing, which I'm not really into either. And today I had a business meeting actually, and I didn't do anything. No handshake, no kissing, because <laughs> I, I think I'm British. I don't do that. Um, but I'm very uncomfortable with those types of contacts, especially because I would only feel comfortable with that doing that when I'm intimate with someone or if, if it's a good friend. But in general, when you meet people, you have to kind of, kind of like get close to them. I'm like, ooh, I'm not so into it. But I do think I need to work on my handshake. And um, I did talk about this in my recent speech in, in um, Toastmasters. I was talking about Think and Grow Rich. And um, every time someone goes on stage, you have to shake their hand. And it's um, you've shaken a lot of hands at the end of the evening. But for me, it's like, it's mega cringe, but I think if I want to express my energy, then I should um, improve it because I have a very weak handshake at the moment. And more things I would like to read from here um, is, dun, 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 where is it? This is something that I really underlined because I just thought this was so important and it kind of um, is relevant to my own work. The urge of sex has been grossly misunderstood, slandered, and burlesqued by the ignorant and the evil-minded for so long that, that the very word sex is seldom used in polite society. Men and women who are known to be blessed, yes, blessed with highly sexed natures, are usually looked upon as being people who will bear watching. Instead of being called blessed, they are usually called cursed oh my god crazy yeah so this uh this chapter on every single page has just got so many so many things to underline take away and apply to one's life i really do believe this is the true meaning of sexuality it's not about pleasure pleasure is just the beginning it's all about power and that's when that's what i discovered when i read think and grow rich by napoleon hill Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy.
find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.